hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. The Father and His Household This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change. Civilizations change. Knowledge changes. Wisdom changes. Experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterville. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alta Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. And now, today's word. Well, I'm continuing the series I started last week, The Father and His Household. And last week, our subtitle was In the Garden. And this week, the subtitle is Outcasts. And I said that in this series, I'm going to take us on a journey of discovery to understand the relationship that God has sustained with man over the years and to understand that God treats us based on the relationship that we have with him. And uh, there are three important statements I made about God last week and I would emphasize them again before we go into uh, our concept for today. The first one is that God is eternal. He's the same always, yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We serve a timeless God. He exists outside of his created order, although he operates within time, he is not bound by time. Secondly, God is sovereign. He's supreme. He's not under anyone. There is nothing above him. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 5, God himself says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will get you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is none besides me. God has no competition. Some people think the devil is a competition to God. No, the devil is a defeated foe. He's not a competitor. He's lost the battle already. Thirdly, that God is immutable. Not only is he eternal and sovereign, he is immutable. He's perfect and doesn't change. God doesn't improve. God doesn't evolve. God doesn't get better. He is perfect and he's changeless. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In Malachi 3, 6 we read, For I am the Lord, I do not change. I am the Lord, I do not change. God is immutable. He is changeless. And so we said that God is a perfect eternal and sovereign being who does not 
change. Last week, as we approached the series, I established a metaphor for God's relationship with man. And we said that we are using the metaphor of a father and his household. God is a father and God has a household. Jesus Christ himself said his, his father has many mansions in his house, in my father's house. In the parable of the prodigal son, the young man who has wasted his father's resources says, I will go back to my father's house. And so we establish that God is a father. He has a household. And we say that in the household of God, there are different kinds of individuals. There are angels who are staff of God. There are children. There are servants. There are friends. There are visitors. There are outcasts. There are intruders. And uh, based on who you are in relation to that household, you will be treated differently. And we said that when God created man, the people in his household were his staff. We call them angels. They have the power of God, but not the image of God. They have his power. They are able to do mighty things on his behalf, but they are not his children. So God introduces children into the house in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 when he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We ended in Genesis chapter 3 verse 24. And so we go back to where we ended and pick it up from there. It says, so God drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. From this point on, man who started his relationship with God as a child to a father is now cast out from the presence of God, so he becomes an outcast. There are three things that identify this new relationship that man has with God. That man is driven from God's presence. Not only is he driven from God's presence, that man is denied access to God's blessing because there is a cherubim and there is a flaming sword that turns everywhere. In other words, it moves round and round and round and makes sure that man cannot of his own get back to the household. And thirdly, that man is defenseless against the forces of nature. Nature itself begins to fight man. God will relate to us based on our relationship with him. God is not made up of only one attribute. He's a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. And sometimes people only see God as a God of love, as a God who is good. Yes, he is good. He's absolutely good. He's absolutely just. He's absolutely merciful. And he's as absolutely just. So depending on how you relate to him, if you fall on his judgment side, you are in big trouble. Adam and Eve fell on the judgment side because they violated the rules 
of God, the principles of God. And the sin they committed was so grievous. And many times, you know, we, we uh, trivialize it. Uh, we call it Adam's apple. You know, uh, and, and we, we say, well, you know, what is eating a fruit uh, got to do with all of this? I mean, they just ate a fruit. Uh, it's Adam's apple. Uh, some people say they had sex. Whatever you think they did, the most important thing to re- remember is that this sin was a very grievous sin that it changed the relationship of God with man. So I want us to take a little look at the nature of sin that Adam and Eve committed. What was it? What, why was this sin so powerful that it changes everything? And I'm going to give you three things that characterize that sin. The first one is that it was a sin of rebellion. They revolted against God's rule, against God's established order. Adam and Eve didn't want to be children of God any longer. They wanted to be God. They didn't want to be children of God. They wanted to be God. That was a temptation that was offered to them. If you eat this thing, you will be like God. You will not be his children. You will be him. You will be like him. You will sit where he sits. So they were revolting against a relationship of a father and a son. They didn't want to be answerable to anyone. They didn't want to be answerable to God. And they didn't want God to be sovereign over them. They wanted to be at par with God. And that's what Satan offered to them. And by the way, that is the same temptation that got Lucifer into trouble and made him the devil. It's the same temptation. I want to ascend. I want to be God. I don't like somebody telling me what to do. I don't want to be under anybody else. I don't want this God. He can give me a garden. He can give me a good life. He can be a, give me the best blessing. But I want to be the owner myself. That was a sin. So it was a major rebellion against God. Because what was offered to them was if you do this, you and God will be equal. So this is a sin of rebellion. It's not about apple or sex. It's about rebellion. And that's why it is grievous. In any case, that is a temptation Satan puts out to people all the time. It seems to work every time. When he promises people, you will be like God. You don't need to be under anybody. Man easily buys into that temptation. So the first nature of the temptation is that it was a sin of rebellion. Secondly, and this is very important, it was a high treason. (laughs) I know that has interesting connotations in Ghana. It is high treason that is criminal disloyalty to God. It's one thing to rebel against God. It's another thing to commit high treason against God. In the natural, when we say that high treason has been committed, it means there is a criminal disloyalty against one's government or a sovereign. It means that you take side with an enemy against your own sovereign, your own ruler. 
whether it's a king or a queen or a government. Now, that is what Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve did not just rebel against God independently, but they took sides with Satan against God. They took sides with an enemy of God against God. And not only that, high treason normally involves selling secrets, valuable information or valuable assets of your government to an enemy government. That's what Adam and Eve did. They sold the assets of God to the devil. The first asset they sold was themselves because God had invested himself into them. If they sold themselves to the devil, then they take God's secret and gives it to the devil. The image of God now becomes a property of the devil. That's the number one. Secondly, they took the earth that God had put into their hands and gave it to the devil. So not only did they sell themselves, but they sold God's secrets, God's assets to the devil. That is the highest form of betrayal. So they were rebellious. They committed high treason. They revolted against God. They sided with an enemy. They sold the secrets of God and gave it to the enemy. They put weapons into the hands of the enemy to fight God. They not only do that, did that, they also took the creation of God, the created order, and gave it to God. The third reason why this sin was serious and grievous was that it was a contagious sin. It was a pandemic. It contaminated all of humanity. It wasn't an isolated sin. It wasn't a personal sin. It wasn't something that they did just to harm themselves or hurt themselves or disadvantage themselves. But they did it and affected everybody because they were the first parents. It's one thing when you have a problem and it's yours. It's another thing when you contaminate other people with your problem. And this problem was not just Adam and Eve's personal problem. It was going to affect everybody else. They exposed all of God's creation to sin. They exposed all of God's creation to corruption. They exposed all of God's creation to the devil. And they contaminated all their descendants with their sin. That is heavy duty. So, the earth, creation, man, the future of humanity, the future of the image of God is all sold to the enemy and is contaminated by this act. Now, if revolt and rebellion is not bad enough, high treason will come to add to it. But for me, the most grievous is this one. The fact that they contaminated everything. If they had done it just by themselves, they could have been punished all by themselves. But they exposed you and me and everybody else to condemnation. That is serious stuff. And that is why they moved from being children to now become 
outcast. As outcast, the relationship God had with them changed. You remember last week I said the first thing God did when he brought Adam and Eve together is that he gave Adam everything. He gave them a house, he gave him a house, gave him money, gave him investment, uh, gave him even a wife. Because that's what a father does for his children. But the moment they become outcasts, I want you to see what happens. Let's see the consequences of this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. It's the same God who said it's not good for the man to be alone and gave him a wife. The same God who gave him money, gold. The same God who gave him Eden. The same God who gave him food. The same God. He hasn't changed. But look at what is happening now. Genesis 3, 16 to 19. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you or for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. You want to be me? I took you from the earth. You were nothing before I breathed into you. So if you want to be me, go back to where you started from. Dust you are, dust you return. I can almost see the voice, hear the voice of God. It's not dust you are, dust you shall return. No, no, it's dust you are. And dust you shall return. Now, is it God? Yes. Is it a God of mercy? Yes. Is it a God of love and goodness? Yes. So where is this coming from? Judgment. The same God of love is also a God of judgment. And when you fall on the judgment side, what you see is different. You may wonder and wonder, can God, does God love? Yes. Because when you see his judgment, it is pure judgment. Just like his love is pure love and his goodness is pure goodness. His anger is pure. <laughs> the Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the Lord because it is pure anger, pure judgment, pure love. But it's all one God. So you have to be careful which side you are falling on. Let's just make sure we fall on the good side. 